This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the fifth Sunday of the year, the 5th of February. A couple of years ago I happened to mention in a homily how much I liked my food well salted to the point of being sometimes overgenerous in the way I seasoned food. Whereupon a concerned parishioner with a medical background gifted me a large supply of pink Himalayan rock salt, telling me that I could use this particular type of salt as generously as I liked, without fear of my blood pressure suffering. Salt, like water, is something we know is vital for the human body. It was even more important before the invention of canning and refrigeration, since it was the primary method of preserving foodstuffs. Not surprisingly, it's long been considered a much-valued commodity. A whole series of expressions have grown up around this product. To be worth one salt, to take it with a pinch of salt, to be above or below the salt at table signified how important you were. Each of these and other similar expressions tell us the value that we have placed on this natural mineral from earliest times. So it doesn't surprise us that Jesus uses salt as a symbol in his teaching. Being salt to the earth is something quite striking because salt has the ability to prevent corruption. By saying that we have to be salt, Jesus says that we have to be anti-corruptive, an anti-corruptive influence in the world, in a world that is sin-corrupted. During our parish pilgrimage to the Holy Land several years ago, I remember we stopped off in Jericho, the setting of one of the miracles of Jesus, and a place that's often referred to in the Gospels. You also find there a well which belonged to the prophet Elisha, who many centuries before Jesus performed an impressive miracle himself when he cast salt over the contaminated waters of the area, averting a potential agricultural catastrophe for the people of Jericho. You can read about it in the second book of Kings. That miracle is the basis of the custom the church has of mixing salt with water when it is being blessed. The, pr the, the prayer says, Almighty God, we ask you to bless this salt, as once you blessed the salt scattered over the water by the prophet Elisha. Wherever this salt and water is sprinkled, drive away the power of evil and protect us always by the presence of your Holy Spirit. This is one of the examples of what we call a sacramental, as distinct from the seven sacraments. Sacramentals are symbols and signs like holy water, candles, medals and the like, to which the church attaches a blessing and a grace for us. In fact, there's hardly anything which, if properly used, cannot be directed towards our holiness and be used for God's glory. Now, these sacramentals are not like lucky charms, nor do they have any magical properties. The only power they have is what the church attaches to them. So whenever salt is blessed, or holy water used, or a crucifix, or medal worn, it is putting us within the power of the church and surrounding us with her prayer and protection. As with all these signs, it's not the thing itself, but the fact that they bring us into contact with Christ and his church. When Jesus healed the man born blind, it wasn't faith in the mud that Jesus spread on his eyes, but rather his complete faith 
in what Jesus could do for him, which was to restore his sight. In order for us to be salt in the world, to be sacramentals for others, it's necessary that, like salt, we go in a subtle way, that we be almost unnoticed, like yeast, permeating the very fabric of our world. Salt is unseen when it goes absorbed into food. When it's there, we take it for granted. When food is unsalted, we notice it immediately. The Christian who isn't taking their place where they should be in the world, when they're not playing their part, is felt by their absence. And when the Christian isn't there and their influence isn't felt, evil can begin to triumph. There is virtually no situation in which we cannot be salt and light, virtually no instance in which we cannot make our presence felt. One person in a family, for example, can be the salvation of the whole family, though it may not be given for them to see the final result. It's an absolute certainty that goodness, salt and light, inevitably produces goodness. One saint can outweigh a hundred, perhaps a thousand, even a million sinners. How so? Because holiness is more powerful than sin, and holiness is the only power that we have over others and over the world. In this year, 2017, we are celebrating a number of significant centenaries, some more worthy of celebration than others. Next Saturday, the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, we will begin the centenary year of our diocese. It's also the centenary of the apparition of Our Lady at Fatima to the three shepherd children, and more about that later this year. We are under the patronage of a strong mother. Whenever we think of her at Lourdes or at Fatima and elsewhere, we are struck by the message she brings, drawing us closer to her son, closer to the means of holiness, the Mass, confession, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, the praying of the Holy Rosary. By these means, and with her constant intercession, we get the strength to be the salt and the light, to have the courage and the strength to bring ever brighter light and flavour to our world. Let us pray. Keep your family safe, O Lord, with unfailing care, that relying solely on the hope of heavenly grace, they may be defended always by your protection. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.